If you have a one word to describe Christmas, what would it be? Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. For Apostle Paul, Christ is a God's indescribable gift. Thus, one word to describe Christmas is indescribable. And I think this word should, should appear in every card and greeting for Christmas. Indescribable gift of God. The Greek word for the indescribable is a, uh, an, an, an uh, dioketo, and which means not fully declared, not fully declared. And it actually appears only once in the entire New Testament, and that's this passage, the Second Corinthians chapter nine fifteen. And the impressive reason of this this Paul's confession is that, as we all know, Paul is an intellectual, powerful intellectual, and Paul was a brilliant scholar and rabbi. And he was well-versed in Greek philosophy, and he had a broad vocabulary. He was a master of a Greek language. He was a capable communicator and a stylish, eloquent, and powerful uh, rhetorician. He was a profound thinker and remarkable theologian. And as you know, his writing appeared in the New Testament more than anybody's. Probably, Apostle Paul is the greatest theological mind that has ever existed. And yet, when Paul comes to the gift of Christ, he pauses, he stops, and he thought, and he confesses, it is indescribable. As he dips into the treasure of his knowledge, he cannot find enough words to describe the gift of Christ fully. He is suddenly and completely at a loss to express himself. So today, Paul simply says, Christ is an indescribable gift of God. So in what ways is a Christmas or Christ is an indescribable gift of God? Let me take you to Luke chapter 2, verse 7, which says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Christ was wrapped more than the swaddled clothes. He was wrapped in three other important truths. So that's what I want to share with you. So three things Christ is wrapped with. And that tells us why Paul and all of us agree that he is an indescribable gift of God. First of all, Christ was, Christ's child, baby Jesus, was wrapped in prophecy. Prophecy. He's wrapped in, wrapped with prophecy or wrapped in prophecy. There are more than 300 prophecies about Christ in the Old Testament. For instance, 700 years before he was born, his virgin birth was a prophesied Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah 7.14 
says that therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give a birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So the virgin birth of Christ was prophesied 700 years before his birth. Another 7th century uh, uh, prophet named uh, Micah predicted where Christ would be born. So Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler of Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. Joseph and Mary, as you know, are originally from north, Nazareth, Galilee. Today in Luke chapter 2, they were in the south of Israel, south of Galilee, in Bethlehem, uh, near Jerusalem. Why Bethlehem? Bethlehem was a hometown of David, and Joseph was a descendant of David. And the Caesar Augustus, if you read earlier in chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, ordered entire people in Roman Empire to report to the census for tax collection. And everybody has to go to their hometown to register. And at the time, for a census, it suffices a man only, only man to register. Woman doesn't have to go. That means Mary didn't have to go there. Especially, Mary was pregnant. It was incredibly inconvenient and risky for Mary to travel several days. It's like a more taking jinni to LA for you know a, a, you know long distance across you know ha- cross country drive for whatever business meeting. You know, we heard that Jinni is uh, scheduled to uh, give a birth in the uh, January six. So now, as we cannot imagine Jinni traveling far, Mary didn't have to go to Bethlehem for census. Only Joseph. Then why did she go there? That's another long story that I will share with you next Christmas Eve or Christmas. Okay, I'm already thinking about 2021 Christmas. What was important here is the fact that both Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem and thus fulfilling the prophecy of God that was given 700 years ago. So Christ's child was wrapped in prophecy. And second, when God wrapped his son with a prophecy, he also wrapped him with a history. So that's the second point. Because a prophecy has its way woven in history, that's, you know, prophecy and history cannot be separated. And the history is God's job. He's a master of history. He's sovereign over our times. He knows his story and his movement. So he begins to weave his story together as it dovetails right into the prophecy. So Galatians 4.4, Paul said this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Other translation says the when fullness of time come, Christ, God sent his son. So fullness of time or set time had fully come. It means Christ came 
exactly on schedule, precisely as it could have been, and no better time would it occur. Why was Christ's time? Was the fullness of time. At the time, up until Christ, just like today, there are so many languages in the world. But by the time Christ came, there was international common language called Koine Greek. And if you spoke Koine Greek, and many spoke Koine Greek, all over the people in Roman Empire, far from the Spain, and the far east, far far to the far to yeah, far east to Persia, people could understand each other. For that, God has to use a famous conqueror named Alexander Great, three hundred years before Christ. And Alexander Great, he was inspired by his teacher Aristotle, the famous Greek philosopher Aristotle, to conquer the world and give them a Greek philosophy and Greek culture so that they will have a Greek wisdom and then all the wars will end. With that ambition, he started the war to end all the war. And along with that, he spread it. He spread it, the Greek culture and the Greek language everywhere. As a result, by, by the time of Jesus, everybody spoke Greek and Koine Greek common Greek, and New Testament is written in common Greek. And also, just about a hundred years before Christ, Romans, they took over all the Alexandria, the, the uh, Romans were the so-called new kid on the block. They dominate the world. And Romans, they are not uh, the philosophers like the uh, Greeks, but they are very practical uh, pragmatic, you know, engineers, very engineering people. So what did the Romans do? They built a road system, an entire known world back then. Some historians said the first time many part of the world has a paved road and the Romans are good at building. They are the master engineers. So by the time Jesus came, it was people could travel all the all over, and we all know the famous expression, the all road leads to Rome. That is not, that is not a hyperbole. It was actual fact. Not only that, also during that time, ever since the Babylonian exile, over 500 years, Jewish people, they spread all over the world and formed their own community and worship center called the synagogue, which later became a stepping stone for Christian missionaries. So by the time Jesus came, it was an optimal time to preach the gospel and to share the gospel with a common language in a very uh, relatively safe transportation and communication in the world. And also the people, the Jewish people who have been waiting for the Messiah. So all this, Paul said, when Christ came, it was a fullness of the time. It was a perfect time. Now, ultimately, God wrapped his son not only with the prophecies and history, 
but ultimately with a mystery. For that, we go to eyewitness account of John. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 14. Apostle John said famous word, In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then for, verse 14, Word became a flesh, and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of a great and truth. The word, the expression, the word became a flesh. If you have your own Bible, I hope you underline that or you, you memorize it because the Greek word for the word is a logos. To Greek people, logos is not just a word. Logos is not just a vocabulary. Logos means a creating principle of a universe. Greek philosophers and thinkers, they believed universe was rational. It was not random. Universe was not a, some kind of accidentally, you know, happened. There was some coherent force or divine intelligence behind the universe, and they call it Lagos. And John is trying to say that Lagos is not just rational, it's a person, and his name is Christ, Son of God. And then John also said Lagos became a flesh. And the Greek word for flesh is sarx. Sarx, sarx is a pejorative term for uh, of a body. Greek has a very positive term for body called uh, soma. Psychosomatic, you know, that's the word soma. John didn't use the word soma here. John used the word flesh, sarx. So literally it means logos became flesh. Or in Greek, Lagos became sarks, or in more like a, uh, the God became a carnal, or Spanish, Dios convierte un carne, carne, carnal. Here is Almighty God became a human. And those of you take a Livingstone Bible study, you will know. This is not just, uh, we're talking about human, uh, uh, human physiology. Jesus took it, so, uh, human, the marginalized humanity as a Galilean Jew. Mary, we, today, uh, yesterday in our daily breath, we meditated in the Mary's Magnificat. And there, Mary compared the God's mighty work with the God's humility. God's coming to break his enemy, yet he came in a very breakable body of child. God coming to help Israel, but he arrived as a helpless one. God coming in a power, but he came as powerless baby. The majesty and the mystery of incarnation is uncanny. And uh, uh, Tim Keller he kind of had a nice set of paradoxes to explain. He said the metaphysical became physical in incarnation. Through the incarnation of Christ, supernatural has become natural. Immort immortal became a mortal. The unpro unapproachable one has approached us. The invulnerable God has become vulnerable baby. 
strong one has come in utter weakness. The helper has become a helpless. The unbreakable one has become a breakable. One with all riches entered the world with nothing. It completely confounds our reasoning to think of the God who made and uphold all things to come among us in the form of a baby. But that's what God did. It shows God's amazing humility and love. This divine mystery of Almighty God, omnipotent God, become, became an important baby for us. That is a mystery that God wrapped His Son. And tonight, this Christmas Eve, that's what God is telling us to hear. God is appointing us to see His Son wrapped in prophecy and history and mystery for all of us. With that, let us praise God the holy night as our prayer.